What's going on, everybody? Happy Sunday. Thanks for tuning in. Apologize if it gets choppy. Driving again. Guess what? Went out to another tournament. Christian played awesome. Good time for sure. Um, you know, I spend a lot of time when I'm driving listening to spiritual stuff, um, listening to uh, things that I find to be like inspiring. Um, and uh, today was no different. Um, I found myself listening to some Jordan Peterson. Um, I highly recommend people check out his stuff, especially the things that are like very spiritual. Um, but he he was explaining how he looks at like the story of Easter as a major way of how we have, in order to be you know good people and in order to like live in a um, in a manner that's like congruent with you know our beliefs and feeling like we're moving forward. And uh, most importantly, to um, to kind of shore up our our walls when it comes to some of the tragedies that life has to offer, um, and how to make it through the hard times, you know, in a major way. And the you know metaphor he you know talked very very succinctly about. I love his stuff so much, but was that um, we have to allow parts of ourselves to die. Um, and go through tremendous amounts of pain and tremendous amounts of difficulty and all of the little bits of us that die in processes like that, you know, um, in order to live in a manner that will be able to continuously move forward and not get filled with bitterness and anger and resentment. And, um, you know, something I've been struck by very heavily lately is just how angry and how ready and and just like ready to be pissed off everybody is you know and, and including me sometimes including all of us and um you know it it's just such a powerful thing to realize that you know a lot of the issues is that I think so many of us are holding on to ideas belief systems concepts things, what's up Lacey, things that are like, we have like internalized as being just the way the world works. And I've been pondering really heavy lately on the term that wisdom hates knowledge. Because I've hit a point in time in my life where I really want to seek wisdom much more than I want to seek knowledge. And I've spent so much time just like listening to stuff, reading things, intaking as much information as I can. And I'm finding more and more, rather than trying to take each piece of information and internalize it and say, hey, this is how it is, to look at it and say that's one perspective on it. And and more importantly, to be willing to recognize that um, even if that is a fact right now, it can it's subject to change. There's so many things that we in the world have understood as being facts at some point in time that simply just aren't anymore. Um, you know, at one point in time, we thought the world was flat. You know, <laughs> at one point in time, we thought that the earth was in the center of our solar system. And those are just some more large examples. But think about how profound that same concept is when you apply it to our our social structure, our groups of friends, the people we're living in, society, towns, everything. Um, and dealing with other human beings. And I'm finding more and more that what I want to do with my life is to 
find the most difficult things to grapple with internally and to fight with them until I'm able to effectively kill the things that are fighting with me and my ability to be able to live life on terms of integrity. My things in my life that fight for me being able to live my life in such a way that I can be proud of everything that I do. And obviously, we're going to make mistakes. Um, but on such a major level, one of the things I've learned in the last year through so much difficulty, you know, and uh, you know, when I have these long drives, I have a really amazing opportunity to consider my life and to think and, and to spend some time internally, which I don't get hardly ever. And um, so often I have these really profound realizations and abilities to like um, internalize and, and think and like discover parts of me and and discover parts of, of the world, as it were, and how I interact with them that are very, very powerful. Um, and one of those things, you know, um, speaking with uh, Lacey the other day, you know, and I was just talking about how wild it is, how, how far I feel like when I look at how far I've come in the last year. And, you know, um, I have a lot of respect for her. Um, her integrity is is so on point. It's, it's always always trying to consider what what she feels like is the best solution for everybody involved in her life and and she takes on that responsibility in a way that's just so inspiring you know um but she said that you know when she met me that she you know thought that i was a really cool and and from what she could tell a good person then but that the amount of growth that i've been through in this last year has been really really intense it's been wild to watch like almost mind-blowing how how much and, you know, I've been listening to that Jordan Peterson stuff, like I was saying, and I've been thinking really heavily about it. And the conclusion I've come to is that what's happened to me in this last year is that I finally, through some major tragedies in my life, accepted that no matter how much it seems like it, nothing is guaranteed. And on top of that, not only is nothing guaranteed, but I make a lot of mistakes. I make a lot of wildly <laughs> naive mistakes in my life, and all of us do. Um, so it's not me just judging myself or anything when I say that. I mean, I think to be living as a human being, to be in the human condition, to just be alive is, if, if you take the time to consider it, um, a constant state of growth and fluctuation, and that when we stop growing, it's because we've given up. And you know, I always talk about how when we give up, that's when failure occurs, but not before then, because until then, it's just all learning experience. But what I've also learned is that sometimes I have to give up the idea that I know, and I have to give up the idea that something is guaranteed or that something is in the bag or anything like that, you know? Um, watching Christian's game today too was really amazing. You know, un unfortunately they didn't win, but what I really loved is even towards the end, um, when it was like to the point where like, yeah, I mean like, we're not gonna get 10 points in, in one minute. You know, um, they went out there and including Christian, especially went out there and put, started putting points up on the board regardless and, and playing strong defense and doing all that stuff. And I was like, what a great metaphor for how important it is to know that our integrity matters more when we're losing, our integrity matters more when we're having 
a difficult time than anything else, you know, and um, what that means is that sometimes we have to let dreams that we have die, sometimes we have to let things that we hold very dear die, um, you know, and in the last year I've had, you know, one of my oldest son ended up, um, you know, leaving the house, uh, it wasn't in a way I was particularly excited about, you know, um, kind of weren't seeing eye to eye. And, uh, that was a really fucking hard thing for me to do. Um, and I had, I had to learn to stand up for myself towards people whom in my life, I've always, always caved in or always been like, well, I'd rather just have it be smooth than to have confrontation. But what happened when I do that is that I allow major amounts of resentment to build in my heart and my life. I allow things that aren't beautiful and aren't pretty and are really, in fact, ugly to build inside of me and affect the way I make decisions. Um, and uh, what I've most of all learned is that what I've grown this year from has been a consistent process, like I made that metaphor earlier, like I said that Jordan made that metaphor, of the way Christ gave his life, he suffered willfully, willingly suffered, willingly, that's the important part here, with integrity, without resentment, without hatred or frustration, bared that burden, died, and then was resurrected three days later, and in that process renewed the future and the hope of all of the whole world, and, um, you know, if I'm going to call myself a Christian, if I'm going to call myself a follower of Christ, you know, I feel like it's important for me to realize that that's what I have to do myself. That those parts of me that I want to hold on to so much because they feel safe, those behaviors, those thoughts, those little things, even to the degree where I have to realize that, like, I value my relationship so much because I respect and love my partner so much. But what I also have to do is behave in such a way that I can be proud of no matter what, that even if we didn't see eye to eye and something happened, that I could be proud of the way I behaved and the way things went if it did happen and we ever separated. And I'm going to make it my life's mission or one of my life's missions to make sure that I am present in such a way that that doesn't happen. But I'm aware that it could, and I'm aware that I'll be okay if it did. And most importantly, what I have to be aware of in that process is that if I hold on to it, if I cling to it in such a way that I'm trying to save it or trying to manipulate or change it as I go, I'm actually poisoning it because I'm not bringing a capable man to the table who's making a willful choice to put it in there. I'm bringing a man who thinks he can manage it into existence, manage it into living, manage it past difficulties. And what I've come to realize is that that part of me was a part that I used to think was brave and strong and able to work through anything, but really what it was is a part of me that was afraid that if life didn't turn out how I wanted it to, that I would never be able to be happy or okay. And much like that tale of the Phoenix and, and so many other allegories and, and um, fairy tales and everything else you can imagine, there's a consistent consistent thing in humanity where we like to talk about death and rebirth and the renewal of who and what we are and what the world is when we die a little bit. And what I've come to realize is that the things that are the most painful to let go of, 
control. I'm not saying like control of your emotions or things like that. The thought, the lie, that you can control how the future is going to end up. And letting go of that is, is terrifying. It's scary. It's painful because it's to realize that you literally, when it comes down to it, at best can try to swim your way towards the things that are coming towards you in life or swim out of the way to avoid them as the river of life that is not slow moving. It is white water rapids is dragging us down the mountainside and we can just only hope to avoid and become strong swimmers and only hope to avoid some of the pitfalls, some of the dangers and some of the pain that, that awaits us. But more importantly, in that process to understand every time we do hit something, every time something does hurt us, every time we lose control that we never had, that we are actually becoming more like our savior. Every time we choose to understand that sometimes life is gonna hurt us and there's nothing we can do but willfully turn the other cheek and allow it to hurt. Allow that scar to build. Allow the strength to come from it. That at that point, at that time, that's how we learn to really be. <laughs> I wouldn't say perfect, but that's how we learn how to be real men and real women. Um, it's not through perfection. It's not through management of the situations we find ourselves in. It's through management of ourselves, our reactions, that not everything, as Lacey's so fond of saying, and, and she's so right, that not everything in life requires a reaction. And I love that she puts a wall in between me sometimes and that stuff, man. It's such a, like when you find partners that will look at you dead in the face and tell you where your ears are at because you're not seeing them, those are the people you don't let go of. But when you find people that want to step out of their comfort zone to help you grow. Those are some people that are rare beyond belief, but the important message here is that you need to be that person for yourself first as much as possible. Because the only way I've found to discover, you know, if we're gonna use that metaphor, where my ears are, the only way I have found in life to discover where my blind spots are is to hit them. <laughs> to hit them headlong to hit that rock in the river, to use that same metaphor, and hit it so hard that it hurts so bad that I, I remember it. Because I'll tell you, when when Cassie did what she did, when she, re, when she relapsed and when she burned my life down, and then left me wondering what happened after she left me, and then passed on, I've never had a time in my life that's been more confusing. I've never been more lost, more scared, more anything. And the thing is, is that when it came down to it, I just went through the motions that I knew I needed to go through. But that didn't mean that I felt like free while I was doing them. To be honest, a lot of it felt like it was, it was a, it was a roadblock that I hit. It felt like I'd hit a rock in that river and it was so big that it had broken my legs and I couldn't swim anymore. And I was just being taken along. But what's, what's crazy about it is that as I accepted it and I took those actions, God brought me through something that I thought was going to break me forever. And God brought me through and showed me 
the holes and the, the blind spots and the things that I had done wrong, no matter how much in that process I had been wronged. It showed me that I had a part to play in everything that I went through. Even if that part to play was to let somebody strike me on the cheek and then turn it to the other side and say, Lord, you've made me stronger than to react to this. Lord, you've made me stronger than it, than, than it is to let this break me. And even if it does break me, I'll let you continue to carry me down the river with my eyes held high and my unwillingness to get resentful or hateful or angry. And to realize that the most brave thing that a human being can do of any sort is to be vulnerable to your creator and to yourself. Now, here's an example. If, it, if it's scary to, to tell somebody in a relationship who you really are, because let's, let's be honest. If all of us really take a moral inventory of ourselves, if we took an honest, honest, like, moral and behavioral inventory of ourselves, could any of us honestly say that we're a very attractive partner as a, as a um, significant other? Or that if, if we can say that we're an attractive partner to other human beings, that there aren't some major pitfalls that we have. That, that all of us don't carry around red flags by the dozens. I think to say anything other than, yes, I can honestly admit that about myself, is a lie. It's literally choosing not to see your own ears. And so... When we see our partners as being this person we love so much and want to impress and don't want to be judged by, and it's so hard for us to be honest just within the context of a relationship. No wonder it's so difficult to approach the throne, to approach your own creator who is perfect. And to say, Lord, I know you already see this, but I see it too. And thank you for loving me despite that. But to do that allows you to do that to other people. It allows you to be honest at a level with yourself and other people that will allow you to have relationships that are powerful. It'll allow you to end relationships that detract from your life and allow them to leave and feel the pain and understand that you will still be okay. And most of all, it makes me that much more in my mind attempting at least to be like Christ if, if I want to call myself a Christian and say that I willingly shoulder the burden and most importantly I willingly allow myself even if it's metaphorically to die allow allow the scariest part of me is the internal part to die a little bit over and over again so that I can learn to be a better man and I think that we've reached a point in time where in society we've become so nihilistic so bitter so judgmental so willing to only look at the negative, only find the fault in every other human being around us, that we have all lost sight of the fact of how imperfect, fucked up we are as individuals. Like Lacey said, surrender here. Lord, I trust you. I surrender. And what I can honestly say is that 
the more I let the parts of me that I want to hold on to die, the better a man I, I become. And I have to ask everybody too, like if your goal in life every day, even if it isn't like some big wild dream that you're gonna do all this stuff, if your goal in life every day doesn't include in some way, shape or form, how am I going to become better today? As a man, as a woman, as a son, as an artist, as a daughter, as a basketball player, as a partner, then you have to be honest too that if nothing in this world lasts, that means that you are actively decaying into being a worse person. And to me, that is so much scarier than any pain I'll ever experience. I can't describe how much more terrifying it is. The idea that if I don't willingly allow that pain to wash over me at times, that I will become exactly what I'm most afraid of being. That I will become most afraid of being. And that is being a man who hurts the ones I love. And not, I mean, that's gonna happen anyway. We're gonna hurt the people we love. But a man who willfully is ignorant to the suffering he causes to other human beings, and willfully ignorant to the projection of that own pain that he carries in his heart onto other humans. Because willful ignorance is the greatest sin in my life that I could possibly imagine. To know better, but to choose worse. We have a conscience for a reason. Let that part of you that says, but, every time your conscience says, do this, every time God speaks to you through your conscience and you say, but, the part that needs to die is the part that says, but. It says, what if, why? It doesn't matter, your conscience is calling. I love all of you guys. I hope everybody that ever watches and hears this understands how utterly powerful you are. If greatness made you, then greatness is within you, and you need simply embrace that greatness, which means you're going to have to train. You're going to have to work at it. And when you work at it, it's going to be hard. Just like when you work out to improve your body, it gets sore. <laughs> your soul's going to get sore sometimes. But I promise you that the pain you will feel from not doing it is 10 times worse. The pain you will feel from a life, living a life knowing that you could have been better is so much worse than any of the pain you'll endure in the moment. So again, I love all of you. Start today. Stop waiting for the better you to arrive and realize that the better you is screaming and clawing and bleeding and crying deep down inside of you for you just to open the door. When God leads you out of that cave, when you lead yourself with God's direction out of that cave, you've been trapped in your whole life and realize that it was you who needed to do it. It was you who did do it with God's help. You'll realize that you'll always be okay no matter what happens. I love all of you. It is 11-11, baby. I will uh, talk to you soon when we get back to Lexington. We'll figure out something for food here shortly. And um, again, I love all of you. Have an amazing day, please.